Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. The end of a beautiful week up here in the Mojave, not too hot and just ideal from sundown to whenever you finally say goodbye to the night, which I've always had a hard time with. Some French philosopher, I'd know his name if I had a better education, I guess. Said his least favorite parts of the day were getting up and going to bed. For as much as I've thought about those sentiments, you'd figure I'd figure out which philosopher. But the internet is of little help. Pretty much anything you search for, the results are the same. Pinterest pictures taken off an Etsy store. Marvel movies, fan art, people screaming about politics. And a bunch of ads for something you bought as a gift seven years ago. I like to wake up slowly, decide if I want to return to whatever dream. The morning dreams are most clear to me. And then just take it slowly if it's truly time to get up. You need to be careful because everything is ready to grind you down. Everything that's part of this garbage tournament we call the real world in the early 21st century. Which always excludes the actual real world, the birds up to their various tricks. The wind in the trees, the lizards scattering as you walk outside with your coffee. To investigate the late bloomers coming up in the shade. The roadrunner creeping around, looking to gleefully brain another ground squirrel. Because the moment you look at the phone, open the computer, it's garbage time. All of a sudden you have to print something on the worthless printer and that doesn't work. Because the ink dried up or got stuck in the nozzle and it wants a firmware update. Somebody you do not like but have to deal with about this one thing will have sent no less than three emails since last night about something trivial and stupid. 
There will be junk mail from companies you've never heard of with a half dozen increasingly annoying steps required to unsubscribe to something you've never subscribed to. There will be junk mail in the physical mailbox too when you go down to the post office. And a lot of plain old fear. Like an IRS envelope that for reasons of pure institutional terrorism will contain not an audit notice but a form letter from Joe Biden for some reason. Thanks for the heart attack. The letters from the utility monopoly, the same one that fights every effort to let people put up solar panels and get off the deadly, dangerous power grid, informing you that the power's being turned off again in a few days. Uh, too bad for you that it's 100 degrees and there's not even a movie theater to hide within for the afternoon. will constantly demand updates, upgrades, factory service, shutdowns, installs. Click here to agree to everything to proceed. The bank websites are dead when you need to pay a bill or deposit a check, but they always work when they're taking your money. Every aspect of life in the 2020s is a scam run by a swarm of rats ever at your ankles. So it is no surprise, I suppose, that even the few person-to-person, non-transactional interactions are as poison with misery as the stuff run by the digital advertising companies that more or less run the whole simulation. It's easy to fall into the trap of being a gloomer. The gloomers mean well, usually, but part of that is a deep need to spread the gloom around, unfortunately. Fig is peanut butter or roach paste. It's a human instinct, too. Have you heard the news? For most of our human existence, that's what people did when they came across each other. Crossroads, or maybe in a traveler's pub like in Canterbury Tales. People bring what they know from the four corners of the world or the next town over at least. The problem now is that unless you witness the event yourself, the plane crash or the sewage plant explosion or the neighbor's chihuahua that exclusively walks on the roof, then everybody else either already knows about it or they have access to the same information and have chosen to do something else with their time at that moment. It's disturbing to see younger people falling into these habits because for so long it was the old people who had the monopoly on being gloomers. 
you would have the holiday dinner or whatever with the old people, maybe after your high school graduation. And they lock eyes with you and begin telling you about all your distant relatives, most of whom you've never met, and how they are dying. they are dying slowly of course so the story can drag on for the next several years of family gatherings did you hear the terrible news about Aunt Flooper who? Aunt Flooper well she's not your real aunt I suppose but she's the one Uncle Knacker married after Smooty got the cancer great Uncle Knacker I mean Brofer's boy, your grandma's half-brother. Who? Because there is growing acknowledgement that the Earth's environment, our environment, is in some trouble. Well-meaning people want to share the bad news, of course. They care about it and it's natural to share news, I know. But we all have the same news now. We all have the same news on our evil little phones, on our dumb computers. It's always there. Just trying to get something done, find out what time the Mexican restaurant closes, make sure the check cleared, that kind of thing. And yet, now you know that the former Prime Minister of Japan was shot 20 minutes ago in Japan. Why do I need to know that right now? In the Mojave Desert, where my closest neighbor is a half mile away. In a place that didn't even have electricity or running water when I was born. Let alone a 24-hour Associated Press newswire hooked up to the typewriter. I open the notifications tab on the Desert Oracle thing on Twitter and... Five people have sent the same bad news, all sent within a few minutes of the others. The bristlecone pines are dying. The ancient bristlecones are in danger, I know. Yeah, I was reporting on pine borer infestations in western conifers three decades ago. There dying because the southwest is drying up. Drying up, heating up, which makes the trees more susceptible to beetles that eat up the trees. A Forest Service biologist working around Palomar Mountain laid it all out for me. I think it was 1990. It's getting hotter. It's getting drier. There's much less snowpack. 
stress pine trees, whether ancient bristle cones or the pinions in the San Bernardino Mountains, are easy prey for pine beetles, both native and invasive. Drought-stressed trees have no defense against the pine borers. The usual defense is pitch, the pine sap. But when the tree is too dry to produce enough pitch, well, the little beetles get into the tree and they eat and eat and they kill the tree. So I dutifully put all of this in a big newspaper article, which was dutifully put on the front page with a color photograph of dead trees amongst living trees. And it won the California Newspaper Publishers Award for environmental reporting that year. A job well done by one and all, and climate change was averted. Or not, it turns out. To slow that process and have hope for reversing it, we just need to do a rapid decarbonization of the global industrial economy, which has not happened with any of the speed and seriousness of purpose that is required. I know. So here we are. The Colorado River reservoirs are empty, I know. Wood hasn't burned in the previous two decades of never-before-wildfires will burn in the coming decades. I know, you know. We aren't the people who need the cudgel in the mouth. And yet, that's what we do to each other. Have you heard the bad news? Is it going to address that world-ending issue in any way at all, or just shovel one person's depression and endless anxiety onto another human being who already shares an understanding of the larger issue? Even if you ignore the news, you know the news. They play the news on the little video screens while you get your $6 a gallon gas. And then there's a clip of Jimmy Fallon or somebody. And he's... I don't know, he's got a monkey on his desk or something and he's fingering it. There's no escape. You can limit it, and you should, but there's no escape. Look up in the beautiful night sky if you live far enough away from the Home Depot Klieg lights, and there goes another line of Elon Musk internet satellites. Because that's something I want to think about when looking at the glory of the night sky. A billionaire internet troll and never being able to escape the internet. 
Did you see the fight between the two full-time internet entertainers over the proper age to bring your toddlers to the pornography convention? No, I don't care. Aren't you trembling with rage and screaming at the walls about what they did to a Disney Star Wars character or a chicken sandwich or... A Supreme Court decision that was announced six weeks previous, but everybody apparently forgot about it because of mass murder sprees. Or the loud boys packed into a budget brand rental truck or whatever. No, no, no one, no. We are in a time of chaos. It's not going to change anytime soon, and it's hardly the first time of chaos. Last night I was standing outside looking at the crescent moon when I noticed something flying above at probably a hundred feet in elevation. I could just barely make out the shape, but that creamy color reflected from the moonlight. Well, that, my friends, is the underside of a great horned owl. From up there, you could see the roads of this charmless little desert neighborhood and a charmless little desert town. You could see the two bright vapor lights over the garages filled with a dozen varieties of motor vehicle. And down the highway to the supermarket parking lot where dozens of people are living in broken down RVs. The ugly highway with its mostly closed down service road retail. The dumpsters full of single use plastic and cat box clumps. The $50,000 giant pickup trucks with the balding budget tires because the drivers lack the liquidity to service their $700 a month finance death tanks. But the owl sees much more than these vulgarities. From its vantage point above this vile little valley, it sees where the headlights and the porch lights cannot. It sees the dry washes just behind the ridge where the rodents scamper through the sand and try to make it under the willow before the talons snap their necks. It sees the water holes that persist even in the decades of drought that will make up its entire life. Just as the soiled and imperfect world of today will make up your entire life. And in its dinosaur brain, being part of the last branch of the dinosaurs who lived and thrived on this planet through so many changes over the past 230 million years or so, It knows that time is long and life is short. Would it prefer an unbroken landscape of Joshua Tree highlands and woodland crowned with pinions at still shielded patches of snow in late springtime? Where swooping down for dinner did not mean getting smashed by the front grill of an Amazon Prime semi-truck? Probably. Probably. 
If it was cursed with the ability to drive itself nutty with an interior monologue full of doubt and shame and trivia. Take the bird's eye view if you can. Your time is the only time you'll ever know. Is this it? This is it. We don't know much about the specifics of the mystery religions of the ancient world. That's why they're mysteries. But the philosophers and historians and even emperors who took part in the mysteries emerged from the community rituals with a great sense of ease, of comfort with life as it is. How it begins and how it ends for us in this form. Not as we might be, not as things could be, but as they are. The bird's eye view of history, both short term and long term, was a crucial part of the wisdom you took away from the fantastic spectacle in those subterranean chambers. We can learn to do that right now, too. Go ahead or go up. We know what it looks like. We can fill it in pretty well. We figured out satellite view on the phone map. Look at yourself where you are, inside or outside, and just go up from there. Maybe it's a campground, maybe it's an apartment building, maybe it's your car in traffic or on an open road. All those people doing whatever they do around you. Paying bills or losing it because they can't pay the bills. Cops looking for heads to crack, taxis and Ubers carrying drunks and disappointed tender dates drive through hamburger chains about the only thing open at night anymore. Except maybe over in the lively neighborhood, which you can see too. A little bit of humanity, people enjoying each other's company, but ever alert for the pop, pop, pop of the shooter. The office towers in downtown. Lights on and nobody even works there anymore. Helicopter pads up top for the military choppers and the death squads. Always at the ready. The billboards advertising the pointlessly bloody fare on the streaming services. And in the darkness all around, those increasingly concentrated globs of light on the map. The creatures are holding out as best they can. It's funny how we think wildlife prefers the difficult terrain of jagged mountains and dense tree cover. Most wildlife, given the chance, would prefer a pleasant valley, meadows, grasslands, easy trails, the lakes and rivers and streams which naturally occur in the low places. But we've 
chase the animals up into these mountainous hideouts because there's not much left. Since the people built their suburbs and Costco's and tax-subsidized stadiums for billionaire football team owners in the valleys and the easy places. In fact, from up here, you can see what it was like before. Switch your brain to the view of the terrain. Now you see it clearly. And you know that in not too many years, that hive of humanity may well be covered in centuries of silt and soil. Maybe just enough sticking out of a grassland to give some future archaeologist a starting point. I wonder what was here. Ah, another million video game controllers. sitting on a park bench. Careful you don't peg yourself with those spikes they build into the park benches now so a person without a bed can't rest late at night a few feet off the ground. Look around in time and space. Everything keeps on happening, doesn't it? Sometimes it's brutal. Sometimes it's lovely. Usually it's a little of both. Because the lion doesn't lie down with the lamb until the lamb's good and dead. From Amboy to Zyzex and across the great Mojave wilderness and beyond, this is Desert Oracle Radio. Broadcasting on Friday nights at 10 p.m. in Joshua Tree. Yucca Valley, 29 Palms, Pipes Canyon, Wonder Valley. Wherever you are in the Mojave High Desert on this beautiful early summer evening. And if you're somewhere else, well, that's okay, too. Get the podcast wherever you do that. Or listen to KZMU and Moab on Saturday nights. And we are on about another dozen stations. Thanks to all the program directors for that. If you work for or volunteer at a community radio station, why not put Desert Oracle on the air? Lord knows there's a lot of filler on the radio at night when it should be interesting. Our paperback edition of Desert Oracle Volume 1 is in bookstores now from Picador Books. And you may not believe it, but I'm making good progress on issue number 10 of our Desert Oracle periodical, which means there is truly hope for getting these next and probably last four quarterly issues out as scheduled between now and next summer, if we make it that long. And we will, we will, a lot of us anyway. 
Thanks to Red Blue Black Silver for the soundscapes tonight and to KCDZ 107.7 FM for being our radio home. Good night from the voice of the desert.